Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the worship of the Village Church in Rancho Santa Fe. Wherever you are around the world, we're happy to have you with us in this fellowship and community of God's people. As we prepare in just a few moments to begin our worship together, let me remind you that you may be in touch with us through different means using the different addresses that are printed right now on your screen. We'd love to hear from you and love to know what's on your heart today. Let me remind you as well that our Villagers Fellowship Group for folks 60 and over is coming back. They will meet this coming Thursday, March 4th, on a Zoom call and enjoy some fellowship and time together with each other. If you'd like to learn more about that, contact Neil Pressa at the email address that's now on your screen. I'd also remind all of our families, especially families with children, that we would love to have a photo of you to include in our video celebration of Easter that is called the Extravaganza. That's going to be uh, premiering on the Saturday right before Easter, and that's just around the corner. So let me encourage families to send in a family photograph. You might want to be dressed in your Easter finest, but that's not important really. We would simply love to have a way of celebrating all the families that are part of our fellowship. The flowers that are with me in worship today are a gift from Ursula Kuster as she honors and celebrates her late husband, Dieter. So thank you, Ursula. Friends, let's take a moment then to focus, to center, to present ourselves before God as we are called to worship in these timeless words from the book of Lamentations. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Your faithfulness, O Lord, is great. You are all that I have, and therefore I will wait for you. You, O Lord, are good to those who wait for you, to all those who seek you. It is good to wait in patience for the salvation of the Lord. Friends, let's worship God.
psalmist writes, those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Our God loves us. Let us come together with faith and hope and confess our sin. Pray with me, please. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sin, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts, cleanse us from all our offenses and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires, that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength. Through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Brothers and sisters, hear now these words of assurance. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. May the God of mercy fill you with the Holy Spirit now and always. Amen. Having been reconciled to Christ, let us join together in affirming our love for one another. May the peace of Christ be with you. Share that peace wherever you go. Amen. like these when this world drives you to your knees you think you're never gonna get back to the you that used to be tell your heart to beat again close your eyes and breathe it in let the shadows fall away step into the light of grace yesterday's a closing door you don't live there anymore. Say goodbye to where you've been and tell your heart to beat again. Beginnings, just let that word wash over you. It's all right now. Love's healing hands have pulled you through. So get back up. Take step one, leave the darkness, feel the sun. Cause your story's far from over, and your journey's just begun. Tell your heart to beat again, close your eyes and breathe it in. Let the shadows fall away, step into the light of grace. Yesterday's a closing door You don't live there anymore Say goodbye to where you've been Until your heart's beat again Let every heart break And every scar Be a 
picture that reminds you who has carried you this far cause love sees farther than you ever could don't you know that heaven's working everything for your good tell your heart to beat again close your eyes and breathe it in let the shadows fall away step into the light of day yesterday's a closing door you don't live there anymore say goodbye to where you've been tell your heart to beat again Good morning, children, and welcome to your kids' message. Today is the last Sunday of the month of February, which means that we're going to be wrapping up our conversation around kindness. And in order to do that, I'm going to be sharing two verses with you all that come from the story that our curriculum gave us. This is a very special story, and it's one that you may have already heard before, but it really does show us exactly what Jesus says when it comes to showing kindness to other people. So I'm going to be reading from this adventure Bible that I have here at the church, and you all can follow along with me or read from your Bible's at home. Now, before we read our story, I want you all to know that Jesus was having a conversation with a man who had asked him, okay, Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus looked back at the man and said, well, what do you think? Now we're going to hear the response from this man, and then we're going to hear what Jesus said after that. So go ahead and turn to the book of Luke chapter 10, verses 27 through 28. It says that the man had answered, he answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Jesus wants us to know that there are two pieces to truly inheriting eternal life and having a close relationship with him. He wants us to love God, and he wants us to love our neighbors. Loving our neighbors doesn't just mean that we literally love the neighbors that live next to us. Our neighbors are our friends at school, our teachers, the people who help us in the grocery store, the doctors who help us when we feel sick. Those are all of our neighbors, and God wants us to show love to them. So our relationship with God is about loving Him, but it's also about loving other people. So that's our encouragement for you all as we wrap up this month. We hope that you all find ways to love your neighbors, and we look forward to hearing about how you're doing that. So we will see you back here next week as we start the month of March. Bye-bye. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lie if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside Well, there's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost 
He's a way maker. If you need freedom, a saving, He's a prison shaking Savior. If you got chains, He's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day and the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, a saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, Somebody testify If you believe it If you receive it If you believe it Somebody testify Testify If you believe it If you receive it If you can feel it Somebody testify If you got this He's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, a saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Oh, if you need freedom, a saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains. He's a chain breaker. In God's sure and certain love for us, his love who is unfailing and unending, let us present our prayers of intercession to the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, you are wonderful in your love for us. We give you praise and thanks. Lord, you've heard it in our prayers and in our songs. You've heard it in our conversations and in our hearts. Now we want to obey your word and cast our cares on you. We do this not because you are in any way lacking in your fullness toward us, but because we would give you glory by making it known publicly what a trustworthy and reliable God you are. Lord, we pray for all those who are in special need. You know who they are and what those needs are. We pray that you would show yourself sufficient. And when you do, turn our hearts to give you thanks. Help us to be quick to give you praise and thanks for your goodness and your kindness to us in answering our prayers. We pray for those among us who are sick or who have friends and family who are in the hospital. Show tenderness to them and remind them of the promises that we have in Christ. We pray, Lord, for health and strength, and even more for faith and trust in you. Comfort those who grieve that your presence, your peace, your love would abide and would hold those close, those who miss loved ones now departed, who eternally rest with you. 
You tell us in your word that we should pray for those in authority over us, Lord, and so we pray for all those in elected and appointed office, from Washington, D.C., to every state capital, every city, every local municipality, and every school board. Grant wisdom, grant humility, grant to each and all a sense of the high calling of responsibility and trust to serve the common good. We pray for churches, mission partners, mission co-workers here and around the world, who offer a vital witness of the gospel. Lord, we pray that you would cause us to delight in being with you, deepen our love for you. We pray too that you would bless our families, every household of this congregation, all those gathered by virtual means, that we would all, O oh God, be shaped and formed in Jesus Christ as we journey this Lenten season to the cross and to the empty tomb. Help us, O oh God, as a congregation that we would be convicted to serve you in all that we say and do. By your Spirit, Lord, make it appear to our hearts your word, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Help us to understand and believe and feed on you by faith. Risen Lord Jesus, we thank you for the hope that you lay before us, and we pray that you would increase our faith, shining your light. Use your, use your servant, Pastor Jack, to share your word with confidence and with courage, empowering him and convicting us in a way that only you can. We ask that you would do that even today through every part of this worship service in the name of the one who is Jesus the Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Do not be afraid. Do not be
Let us begin our time in the scriptures with a prayer for illumination. Please join me in prayer. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voices but your own, so that we may hear your word and also do it. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the letter to the Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, the exhorter in exhortation. Now we're reading from the book of Isaiah. Listen to me in silence, O coastlands. Let the peoples renew their strength. Let them approach, then let them speak. Let us together draw near for judgment. Who has roused a victor from the east, summoned him to his service? He delivers up nations to him and tramples kings underfoot. He makes them like dust with his sword, like driven stubble with his bow. He pursues them and passes on safely, scarcely touching the path with his feet. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am first and will be with the last. But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. And a reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. The word of the Lord. In 1942, the Westinghouse War Production Coordinating Committee hired an artist from Pittsburgh named J. Howard Miller. They asked him to create a series of motivational posters for the war effort. The image that is behind me that Miller created is thought to be based on a UPI wire service photograph that had been taken earlier of a woman named Naomi Parker. Naomi was working in a defense industry plant just north of where I am right now at the Alameda Naval Air Station. Westinghouse displayed this poster to their employees in the Midwest primarily in 1943 for just a brief period 
and then the poster disappeared from public view for 40 years. It was discovered again in the early 1980s and used in many different political and social efforts. During that time, the image came to be called Rosie the Riveter, and that's probably how you know it today. The name and the song associated with it were from World War II. One more thing I want to tell you about this poster behind me, and that is that here in the very fine print down in the lower right-hand corner, it says that the poster is meant to be displayed from February 15th to February 28th. And indeed it was back in 1943. Today is February 28th, 2021, 78 years later. Of course, the image of the woman flexing her muscles, wearing a work shirt, was meant to motivate all of the workers in Westinghouse plants, and not only the image, but the words, we can do it. When allied nations were in a life and death struggle with Nazism and fascism, we needed to know that we can do it. Well, somewhere around the year 43, or more likely 53, another battle was going on. Notice I said not 1943, but 43. The early church was in a battle of sorts to win hearts for Christ and to spread the message of the gospel and to bring the healing and renewing love of Christ to a broken world. And so Paul found himself writing to Christians in Rome, where some of those battles of 1943 were fought. As Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome, he reminded them that, that all Christians have an opportunity and even a command to be transformed, to be changed from the inside out, as we are renewed in our thinking by the truth of God in Jesus Christ. We are meant to become again the powerful and beautiful and capable people that God means for us to be and meant for us to be from the very beginning. People who live in the way of Jesus Christ. As he reminded the Roman Christians of that fact, and as he called them to, to be open to the Spirit of God as it would transform their lives, he gave them lots of detailed advice, detailed description of the spiritual dynamics that occur as this happens. And, and in part of that description, he said, we need to exhort, we need to encourage each other. I think that Paul and those first Christians in Rome would have loved this poster. You and I are in the midst of a series of sermons that are looking at the 12th chapter of Romans and considering very deeply this topic, the way of Jesus in a wayward world. 
You see, we believe that Jesus' way, Jesus' way of understanding and knowing God, the way of life that Jesus then taught us, is really the only way that works in this world. It works for the good of all. It's not just about being religious. It's not just about promoting one religion. It's about understanding who God is and who we are and how we are meant to live and how we can live as we learn Jesus' way. We've already talked about things like the fact that, that Jesus teaches us humility, humility before God, humility before each other. We've talked about how Jesus teaches us the necessity of community and unity, how Jesus teaches us that it's vital to tell the truth so that we do not chase after lies. Last week, we talked about how the business of teaching in the life of the church and in the life of the world is so important. Minds and souls need to be educated so we actually can discern the truth and then act according to the truth. Those are all things that, that tell us some about what, what the way of Jesus is in the world. And so today, let's focus on that one little phrase, that we are meant to exhort, or in a more modern word, perhaps, to encourage each other. Now, the, the advice, the spiritual wisdom that Paul was giving was not something that he created out of whole cloth from his own imagination. It was deeply rooted and based in the spiritual wisdom that had been handed down to Paul through the tradition of the Jewish people. And so as we go back to, let's say, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, for instance, a portion of which was read earlier for us today, we see that Isaiah prophesied and Isaiah wrote in order to encourage people. And it wasn't just Isaiah doing that. Of course, it was the Spirit of God speaking through Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied and wrote during a time when the nation of Israel was battling for its survival, when the people of Israel were fighting for the survival of their culture, when the Jewish people of faith in Yahweh were struggling to maintain their faith and to continue to teach the truth about God. The message that Isaiah conveyed from God was that the people were God's servants. They were chosen by God. They were friends of God. God had called them from all the corners of the earth to know him and to serve him. He reminded the people that it is the true God who was looking after them, not some false God of their own making. He reminded the people that they did not need to fear, that they would be given strength and help and, and building up and encouragement from God. In a time when the nation was falling apart, the people needed to hear that word of encouragement. And Isaiah, speaking for God, gave it to them. Of course, Paul, in his own time, was not the only one to also speak of this message. In the letter to the Hebrews, probably written sometime shortly after Paul's ministry, we have even further description of this spiritual dynamic, the need for us to encourage and support each other. 
Hebrews reminds us that we now know the Messiah of God. We know God in human form, in Jesus. In Jesus, our hearts have been made clean, our bodies are washed. That prepares us for a relationship with the living God. And so we have confidence. We have assurance of our status before God and of God's presence with us. Therefore, we hold fast to our faith. We do not waver in our faith. We hold fast to our plan and our purpose of following God to learn how to live in God's way. But we need to help each other in that. We need to remind each other of these truths. Therefore, we meet together. We meet together in this online video fashion, or we meet together at the church, however we choose to do it, and whatever means are available to us, we meet together so that we can, in the words of Hebrews, provoke and encourage each other. That word provoke is an interesting word. Sometimes we use it in a negative sense. We provoke each other to anger or to frustration, but, but here it's a positive word. Let's encourage each other. Let, let's, let's push each other to remember the deep truths of our faith and to take great confidence in that. The reason, of course, is not just for our own sake, but so that we can continue our work in the world of welcoming others into a relationship with Jesus and helping others see the good and beautiful and successful life that we can have as we follow Jesus' way. Hebrew says, let's encourage each other. Let's provoke each other to love and good deeds. Well, there you have it, just in those three passages that part of the business of Christian life is remembering that God gives us strength, that God always is with us, that God works in the power of his spirit to renew us and make us whole again and help us learn how to live in lives that bless the world and ourselves. And that's the deep theological truth that we focus on. But, but let's think a little bit about how that actually plays itself out. How does that make a difference in the way that you and I are going to live today? I have two observations for you today. The one, the first one, is that I believe that the default mode for Christians... The mode in which we just naturally begin to operate, the way that we begin to think that is transformed and renewed by God, works itself out in many different ways. The default mode for us is that we focus more on love than on hate. That we focus more on the forgiveness and renewal that is available to us than we do on the sin that is a constant problem for us. That we focus more on welcoming fellow sinners into our fellowship rather than shunning sinners who we happen not to like. The default mode for Christians should be a mode of encouragement, not discouragement. To love people into the kingdom rather than to try to scare them into it or shame them into it. Our default mode should be to never 
give up doing the good. Never give up. Yes, of course, we must be honest about all that's broken in life, about all that's wrong in life, about all the the evil that is in life. I'm not suggesting that we turn away from that. But we should never think that the bad is stronger than the good, that the evil is stronger than God, because we know that God wins. And so our default mode, the place that we should be moving toward is a place of encouragement and nothing else. Now, another observation, and this is where it gets a bit broader than thinking just about what Christians do. You see, I believe that part of our job is to model for the world a way of living that is successful not just for us, but for the whole world. Let's think about the world for just a moment. Not too long ago, I was reading in a news publication about the struggles that many people are having, partly because of the pandemic that we are enduring. And I read this. In a recent survey conducted by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, they discovered that 63% of 18 to 24-year-olds reported having symptoms of anxiety or depression. 25% reported increased substance use, meaning abuse, in order to deal with the stress, and 25% One out of every four people in America between 18 and 24 have seriously considered suicide. The world can be a very discouraging place. Think about this. The news media, that is a necessary thing in our culture. The news media has discovered that you and I pay more attention to bad news than we do to good news. Bad news sells. Therefore, the media has learned to sell the bad news that's out there. And that's a shame. A few days ago, there was one airplane engine that blew up a flight over Denver. One airplane engine blew up. And of course, we need to take that seriously. And I'm sure it was a terrifying experience for the folks on that plane. But that was one engine out of thousands and thousands and thousands more that did not blow up. And yet we focus on the one that did. Think about the world of politics. We've all been so focused on the world of politics and government lately. And when you think about the way politics works, one of the things that politicians politicians have learned is that they need to convince us how bad a job everybody else is doing so that we'll elect them. And we begin to think that everybody is doing a terrible job. Now, I'm not picking on politicians. I'm not picking on the media. I'm simply saying that our predilection is to focus more on the negative, on the destructive, on the dysfunctional, on the bad news, rather than the good news. And yet, when you look at 
history. Think about the folks who have moved us forward. William Wilberforce said, Slavery is a bad thing, but we can end it. Abraham Lincoln said, Disunity is a bad thing, so let's work on creating that more perfect union that the Founding Fathers said we could have. Martin Luther King confronted racism, but then he said we can create racial equality. Ronald Reagan said, let's end totalitarian communism and let's tear down this wall. Jonas Salk said, let's end polio. Mother Teresa said, let's feed and clothe the poor in Calcutta and then the rest of the world. Johannes Gutenberg said, let's make books and knowledge available to the common person. Billy Graham said, let's tell the whole world about God's love in Jesus Christ. The Christian default mode should be one of encouragement. And that needs to happen in a world where it so often seems that our default mode is discouragement. One time in a Hallmark card store or some kind of little curio shop back in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, I forget exactly where it was now, I came across a little framed saying that said this. One day when I was sad and lonely and without a friend, a little voice came to me and said, cheer up, things could be worse. And so I cheered up and sure enough, things got worse. I get it. We've all been there. We may be there again, of course. It's so easy to become discouraged, sad, defeated, and then cynical and negative. But we who follow the one who was unjustly executed on a cross, but then rose from his grave, we can never finally be any of those things. We can never be discouraged or sad or defeated or cynical or negative. We can't stay there. Because we know the one who took the worst evil that the world could offer. He conquered it. And he said, so can you. And so Jesus himself exhorts and encourages us by his life and his death and his resurrection. We are called to exhort and encourage others and to teach the world that way of life. Let us consider then how to provoke one another to love and good deeds not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another. We can do it. Amen. Let us respond to the word of God proclaimed through the words of Ephesians. In one voice, let us affirm our faith. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ 
before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. symbol of the power of encouragement and exhortation to move us forward in the right direction. But friends, the cross is an even more powerful symbol 
of how God can take the worst, the hardest, the most negative and evil thing there is and transform it into hope and life and love. You and I are called by God to bring that same message of hope and life and love into a wayward world. That's the way of Jesus. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.